Hey, y'all. Recent pushes from U.S. lawmakers for greater transparency involving potential national security risks have led to the unexpected. A government cover-up is revealed involving extraterrestrials. I'm Candace, and I'll be your guide. In 2020, the U.S. Pentagon, which, for my non-American listeners, is the term used for the building that houses our Department of Defense, surprised us all by declassifying many formerly top-secret documents. There is a wealth of fascinating information in those documents, one of which being official reports of what they like to call unidentified aerial phenomena, or UAPs. They use the term UAP to encompass both unknown aircraft as well as other phenomena such as unexplained lights in the sky, meaning that a UFO is a UAP, but a UAP isn't necessarily a UFO. Along with the official reports released in 2020, some remarkable videos of UAPs taken primarily by pilots during Navy and Air Force test flights were released. The U.S. Navy had only recently, back in 2019, adopted an official reporting process for pilots who felt that they had witnessed UAPs. So this was still relatively new information for the military at this point. The Air Force followed suit with similar protocol in 2020. The videos involved oblong objects, once traveling as a fleet of multiple assumed aircraft, flying against very strong winds at speeds in excess of what our Air Force jets could muster. Prompting from so-called ufologists in the late 20-teens, as well as the 2020 declassified Pentagon documents, led to several members of U.S. Congress pushing the issue that clearly UAPs are out there and have yet to be thoroughly investigated to the public's knowledge. And if they are, that information is being held under clearance not available to lawmakers. Due to this push, the UAP task force was formed to take matters more seriously. While it was largely understood that UAPs could be extraterrestrial and alien life could potentially be a concern, the most pressing concern by officials is that the UAPs could be aircraft from Russia or China, our political enemies, infiltrating our protected airspace. Because of this, the new UAP task force promised a report compiled from various U.S. military and intelligence agencies. In 2021, when the report was finally released, it held a large collection of pilot experiences in a strictly data format, but few answers. It lists 144 documented UAP sightings by military personnel. One of those 144 they were able to debunk as having been a deflated balloon. The other sightings, however, were unable to be debunked. Of the remaining 143 sightings, 80 were detected using more than one sensor on board the pilot's aircraft. Picking up the UAP on more than one sensor helps to differentiate possible weather or atmospheric phenomena from possible UFOs. In most of the instances listed in the report, the UAP activity seemed to center around areas of U.S. military training grounds. However, the report does emphasize there is an observational bias suspected, 
since these are the areas people are already flying overhead with active instruments in their aircraft and eyes on the sky, so to speak. In some incidents that were witnessed by military personnel, per the report, quote, some UAP appear to remain stationary in winds aloft, move against the wind, maneuver abruptly or move at considerable speed without discernible means of propulsion. In a small number of cases, military aircraft systems processed radio frequency energy associated with UAP sightings. End quote. The intelligence report goes on to state that they believe these UAPs could be placed into five distinct categories. Airborne clutter, such as balloons, birds, unmanned vehicles like drones, and other physical objects that could be floating around or flying in the sky. Natural atmospheric phenomena, like ice crystals, moisture, or thermal fluctuations that could possibly affect jet instrumentation. So-called industry developmental programs or classified programs by U.S. entities. While considered a possibility, intelligence sources failed to confirm, or at least to disclose in this report, that any UAPs were part of classified operations. Foreign adversary systems, such as aircraft or other devices used by Russia, China, or another nation, or a non-government agency, presumably with ill intent. And finally, the final category is just other. This heading carefully states, quote, Although most of the UAP described in our data set probably remain unidentified due to limited data or challenges to collection processing or analysis, we may require additional scientific knowledge to successfully collect on, analyze, and characterize some of them. We would group such objects in this category pending scientific advances that allowed us to better understand them. End quote. Meaning, of course there is an explanation for all these UAPs, but we don't know what it is because our technology and scientific understanding isn't advanced enough yet. Maybe it's just me, but this phrasing seems to heavily suggest possible extraterrestrial craft. And for now... This is the category that 143 of those 144 UAP sightings listed in the report are falling into. The report concludes with emphasizing the need for further collection of UAP reports, closer scientific analysis of those cases, and stressing the threat to national security these UAPs could pose. Of note, since the report of the original 144 UAPs, to present day, those reports are numbering in the several hundreds. Now, bringing us to present day, enter retired Air Force Major David Grush. In addition to an esteemed military career, Grush graduated with a degree in physics before moving on to gather a master's in intelligence studies and studied multiple military intelligence and space certifications. After working as a decorated combat officer during the war in Afghanistan, he went on to work in senior intelligence at the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency, as well as the National Reconnaissance Office. David Grush has worked at the Pentagon with the Department of Defense, as well as having active top-secret government clearance. In addition, and most notably, 
He worked as a representative on the UAP Task Force, as well as co-lead for UAP analysis. Notably, he was also involved in drafting the National Defense Authorization Act of 2023, which declared whistleblower protection as well as exemptions to non-disclosure agreements, which you're about to see will be very important. On June 5th, 2023, David Grush stopped his silence and went full whistleblower, publishing a story via the Washington Post, simultaneously confirming extraterrestrial life having visited Earth, as well as a government cover-up to obscure knowledge of this to not only the public, but members of U.S. government. Grush claims that the U.S. government operates a highly secretive UFO retrieval program and a reverse engineering project, and that it is indeed in possession of alien spacecraft, as well as the extraterrestrial pilots of said spacecraft. David also claimed that misappropriation of funds on a large scale was financing the program, as well as substantial white-collar crime in progress to keep the program a secret. The worst part being, he also claims that he conducted interviews with individuals who state that people were murdered to conceal the program. Grush also states that he spoke with individuals who were debriefed about football field-sized spacecraft that had been handed off to a defense contractor, and that there was unspecified malevolent activity by the extraterrestrials. Grush also elaborates that the interviews he conducted with intelligence officials who confirmed this information was numbered at 40 people, and also that he was denied access to this program. If you're unfamiliar with the term whistleblowing, it's the term used to mean exposure of a company's wrongdoing by someone with first-hand knowledge to benefit the public interest. And while whistleblower protections are largely in place in many arenas, and in the National Defense Authorization Act that Grush helped draft, this doesn't mean that these efforts often go unpunished. Since David went public with these claims, he's reportedly received harassing phone calls as well as a blatant violation of HIPAA laws when an unknown source leaked his medical records. Grush suspects the military records were leaked in attempt to discredit his allegations. David Grush suffers from PTSD in his time served in Afghanistan, as well as the accompanying grief and depression that comes along with it. He had a period of time where he struggled with alcoholism, and ultimately ended up in inpatient psychiatric hospitalization to get his addiction and PTSD under control. He has since been doing much better and states that his PTSD and alcoholism are not a significant limitation in his life anymore. If the records were indeed leaked by U.S. government in an attempt to discredit Grush, they aren't doing themselves any favors by the fact that they trusted his input and his mental well-being well enough that they allowed him to retain his top-secret clearance. The Washington Post, in an attempt to properly vet this seemingly outlandish allegation, followed up on David's credibility by speaking with retired Army Colonel Carl Nell, who called Grush, quote-unquote, beyond reproach. They also spoke with Jonathan Gray, which is a pseudonym, 
a current intelligence officer with the National Air and Space Intelligence Center. Both of these men supported Gresh's allegations of the UFO retrieval program and the reverse engineering program. Any criticism of these claims from experts is only that they aren't aware of any verified extraterrestrials and that Grush hasn't offered photographic evidence to support his claims. However, Grush's claims have caught the interest of certain members of Congress who do feel there's a pressing need to establish if the numerous UAPs that have been confirmed over the past few years do pose a threat to national security in any way as well as expressing a need for greater government transparency. And this brings us to the press conference held last July. But let's take a moment for a really quick recap, because I've thrown a lot of information at you in this episode. In 2020, the Pentagon released some UAP videos, and around this time, the U.S. Navy and Air Force created programs for better reporting of UAPs, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena. After over 100 reports, Congress pressed for an official intelligence report on UAPs, which basically says they're almost all unexplained and eyewitnesses say they moved like UFOs. My words, obviously, not theirs. Then intelligence officer and retired Air Force Major David Grush came out with allegations that the U.S. government is hiding alien spacecraft, reverse engineering them, misappropriating funds to pay for it, and allegedly have had people murdered to hide it. On July 6, 2023, David Grush testified before members of the U.S. House Committee on Oversight and Accountability, as well as some members of the House of Representatives. Here, he relayed the same claims he alleged to the Washington Post. He testified alongside U.S. fighter pilots Ryan Graves and U.S. Navy Commander David Fravor. There were many details that Grush claimed he could offer Congress in a SCIF, Sensitive Compartmented Information Facility. Basically, a highly secured room where electronics and personnel are very limited. Interestingly, despite his top-secret clearance, government officials claim Grush doesn't have the clearance to go into a SCIF to detail these allegations. Fighter pilot Ryan Graves, who has seen many UAPs himself, states that very few of those instances are actually reported. Um, what percentage of UAP sightings, in your belief, go unreported by our pilots? This is an approximation based off of my personal experience speaking with a number of pilots, but uh, I would estimate we're somewhere near 5% reporting, perhaps. So like 95% basically don't report seeing UAPs. That's just my personal estimate. One of the most notable moments of the press conference is unsurprisingly Grush's admission that the government is in possession of the remains of presumably deceased alien pilots. If you believe we have crashed craft, uh, stated earlier, do we have the bodies of the pilots who piloted this craft? As I've stated publicly already in my News Nation interview, uh, biologics came with some of these recoveries. Yeah. Um. Were they, I guess, human or non-human biologics? Non-human, and that was the assessment of people uh, with direct knowledge on the program I talked to that are currently still on the program. And was this documentary evidence, this video, photos, eyewitness? Like, how would that be determined? The specific documentation I would have to talk to you in a skiff about. Here, Grush confirms that retribution has been sought against him, 
as well as that he has knowledge of people that have been harmed to protect the secret UFO program. Have you faced any retaliation or reprisals for any of your testimony or anything on these lines? Yeah, uh, I have to be careful what I say in detail because there is an open uh, whistleblower reprisal investigation on my behalf, and I don't want to compromise that investigation by providing anything that may uh, help provide somebody information. But it was very brutal and uh, very unfortunate, some of the tactics they used to um, hurt me both professionally and, and personally, to be quite frank. Yeah. It's very unfortunate, as they say, when you're over the target, that's when they do the most firing at you. Do you have any personal knowledge of people who have been harmed or injured in efforts to cover up or conceal these extraterrestrial technology? Yes. Personally. Have you heard, have anyone been murdered that you would think, that you know of or have heard of, I guess? I have to be careful asking that question. I directed people with that knowledge to the appropriate authorities. Maybe in a, um, if we could get it, get in a, um, confidential area skiff, we could talk about that. But unfortunately, um, we were denied access to the skiff and that's very unfortunate in this, in this scenario. Congress also questioned Commander Fravor about the most famous of the UAP videos released, one called the Tic Tac video. Fravor had been doing aerial training about 100 miles southwest of San Diego when advanced radar on a ship and their training group picked up a fleet of multiple UAPs that were capable of descending 80,000 feet in altitude over the span of less than one second. Fravor later reports that they were told to investigate the UAP and found an area of quote-unquote roiling whitewater, about the size of a 737 in the Pacific, and the UAP was hovering above that whitewater. The object was white and oblong, shaped like a Tic Tac candy. Fravor and three other pilots observed the UAP for about five minutes, moving in unpredictable ways and mirroring their movements, and they feel that it knew they were watching. As Fravor moved toward the object, it seemed to disappear. Seconds later, the USS Princeton observed the object on their radar 60 miles away. It traveled 60 miles in just seconds. Later, another flight crew observed the object and saw it on infrared radar momentarily before it zipped off again. Later, the controllers on the USS Princeton told Fravor that they had been tracking similar objects for days, but the pilots had never been informed of this. The pilots admit they were dismayed and felt really vulnerable with the fact that they were unarmed during these training missions when known mysterious UAPs had been in the area for days. When Congress asked Commander Fravor about the so-called Tic Tac incident, this is what he says. Um, a few questions for Mr. Favor. As an expert naval aviator, have you ever seen an object that looked and moved like the Tic Tac UAP? No. Did the Tic Tac UAP move in such a way that defied the laws of physics? The way we understand them, yes. 
Many dismiss UAP reports as classified weapons testing by our own government. But in your experience as a pilot, does our government typically test advanced weapon systems right next to multi-million dollar jets without informing our pilots? No, we have test ranges for that. It took over 15 years for your encounter with the Tic Tac to be declassified. Do you feel there was a good reason to prevent lawmakers from having access to this footage? No, I just think it was ignored when it happened, and it just sat somewhere in a file. Never got reported. So that's where we stand today. David Grush has testified before Congress about what he knows, minus the sensitive details he would like to tell in a skiff. But government officials deny him the right to be in one. But the conference has furthered the interest of Congress in revealing the truth. Representative Tim Burchett of Tennessee says, quote, We're going to uncover the cover-up, and I hope this is just the beginning of many more hearings and many more people coming forward about this. End quote. I'm interested to see where the investigation goes from here and if we will ever know the truth about these claims. All right, y'all. That's it for this episode. Now let's talk about it. First of all, it's good to be back from hiatus. I dove right into the swing of things with a really research-heavy episode this time. This topic has been in the news for a little while now, but there's just so much to it. I always felt like I didn't know exactly how we got here. Like, why is there suddenly a congressional hearing on UFOs? So I wanted to make an episode for y'all who may be interested in the developments, but, you know, do the hard work and break it down in a more linear, digestible way. Absolutely no one was surprised, it seems, by the revelations of extraterrestrial life. It seems well-timed that the Pentagon declassified documents and videos in 2020, when the U.S. news was filled with reports about the pandemic and political turmoil. It seemed unsurprising to just add something else onto the steaming pile of 2020. David Grush is pretty brave to come forward with all of this. It's unsurprising that his credibility is being attacked in the face of all these allegations against our government, and honestly, it could be far worse. It likely only hasn't been worse because he's now in the public eye. Despite any attempts to discredit him, it seems to me that he is the most credible person to make these allegations. He's operated professionally in the U.S. Air Force in intelligence work, general space ops, and UAP investigation. I believe his mental health history of PTSD and alcoholism does not discredit these allegations. The trauma is understandable after being a combat officer, and the alcoholism was just a coping mechanism for the trauma. These are not disorders that would lead to just blatantly lying especially in the absence of a current struggle with either disease. Add in that he retained his top-secret clearance, so the government found him fit to continue duty in intelligence work. There's so much at risk for him to come forward with the allegations, personally and professionally, if they're untrue. It's not like we don't know our government lies to us. We don't actually know anything, and we're well aware of that. And it seems too convenient that Grush is disallowed to participate in a skiff despite his top-secret clearance. Aside from that, logic says that a person giving 
secret information, not even receiving, should be allowed to do so in a secure manner despite any level of clearance. But, as always, I want to know what you think. Do you believe these allegations? I'd love to hear your thoughts. Reach out to me on social media as Obscure Appalachia and let's talk about it. If you enjoy the podcast and would like to support future episodes and get bonus content, visit patreon.com slash obscure Appalachia. Now that hiatus is over, I'll have time to get to more Patreon-exclusive, obscure worldwide content. As always, thank you for listening. Until next time. Thank you.